Hello. Welcome to another edition of Alternative News, produced by the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament at the community radio station 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, and streaming at 3cr.org.au. In today's program, I'll be speaking about Trump's brink of war with Iran, US and its allies' wars and aggression around the world, nuclear weapons money, the 2020 Doomsday Clock announcement, Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons, and Julian Assange. First, Trump's brink of war with Iran, based on a lie. Iraqi military intelligence has found that, almost certainly, the rocket attack on a US base in December, which killed an American contractor, was carried out by the Islamic State terror group, not by an Iranian-backed Shiite militia, as Washington has been claiming. The rocket attack on the base in Kirkuk in northern Iraq on December the 27th led to violence which brought the U.S. to the brink of war with Iran last month. This could have been disastrous to the Middle East and beyond. It turns out that President Trump's brink of war with Iran was most likely based on a lie. That misinformation also led to the U.S. assassination of top Iranian military leader Major General Qasem Soleimani on the 3rd of January and to the subsequent shootdown of a civilian airliner in Iran, with 176 lives lost. Following the deadly barrage on the American base in Kirkuk on December the 27th, the U.S. immediately blamed the Iranian-backed militia, Qatayab Hezbollah. Washington took revenge within days by launching airstrikes on December the 29th against the militia at sites across Syria and Iraq, killing dozens of fighters. That prompted furious protests at the U.S. Embassy in the Iraqi capital Baghdad on January 1st. Trump accused Iran for orchestrating the assault on American personnel and property, warning of a devastating military response. On January 3rd, Trump ordered a drone strike against Iran's Major General Soleimani after he arrived at Baghdad International Airport. Soleimani was murdered along with Iraqi Commander Abu Mahdi al-Muhandis, who was leader of Iraq's popular mobilization forces, which includes Qatayeb Hezbollah, the Shia group that the Americans blamed for the multiple rocket attack, killing the U.S. contractor on December the 27th in Kirkuk. Then followed a media campaign by Trump and his top officials which sought to portray the Iranian general as the ultimate author of the December the 27th rocket attack. Soleimani was overnight transformed into a monster terrorist who had to be taken out. Neither Trump nor his senior administration officials have presented any evidence to link Soleimani with a rocket attack in Kirkuk, nor have they provided evidence that the Qatayb Hezbollah militia group were responsible. The Americans say their information is classified and therefore cannot be disclosed publicly. For its part, the militia group has denied any involvement. Iraqi military officials, however, are now coming out to say that they believe the perpetrators of the Kukuk attack were Islamic State. The New York Times last week quoted Iraq's Brigadier General Hamid Adnan as saying, All the indications are that it was ISIS. We as Iraqi forces cannot even come to this area unless we have a large force, because it is not secure. How could it be that someone, i.e. Kataib Hezbollah, who doesn't know the area, could come here and find that firing position and launch an attack, end quote. The area surrounding the U.S.-Iraqi base in Kirkuk is a hotbed for the radical Sunni Islamic State network. It would therefore be impossible for a Shiite militia like Qatayib Hezbollah to mount a major operation in a hostile and remote northern area of the country. 
Furthermore, the Iraqi military said it had notified the Americans of imminent Islamic State hostile activity in the Kukuk area in the weeks before the attack on December the 27th. It seems that the Trump administration wanted to kill Soleimani as far back as 2017. Thus, the rocket attack on the base in Kukuk and the subsequent protests at the US Embassy in Baghdad were merely a cynical pretext to trigger the assassination plan. The world was brought to the brink of war, a war which could have easily turned into regional conflict and even a world war given the strategic balance of forces in the region, including those of Russia, NATO and Israel. Although war was narrowly prevented, one tragic outcome was the accidental shooting down of a Ukrainian airliner Flight 752 above Tehran on the morning of January the 8th. Iranian air defenses fired in the mistaken belief it was an enemy target. All this, and the brink of war, and the loss of innocent civilians all stemmed from what appears now to be a horrible lie from the Trump administration. US and its allies' wars and aggression around the world the war with Iran is not a full-blown war, although sanctions are war, but it is more like the Cold War between the United States and the Soviet Union. Israel and the US have divided up the fight against Iran, with Israel taking responsibility for countering the Islamic Republic in Syria and the United States in Iraq. This is based on Israeli Defense Minister Naftali Bennett, also based on the Israeli Defense Force's Chief of Staff, Lieutenant General Gadi Eisenkot, who confirmed on the record that Israel had directly supported anti-Assad Syrian rebel factions in the Golan Heights by arming them. Move the nuclear weapons money. In 2019, peace organizations around the world have been campaigning to promote cuts in nuclear weapons budgets and divestment from the nuclear weapons industry. Those who are manufacturing the nuclear weapons are making a fortune, but they are stimulating the nuclear arms race while everyone else suffers. This money could instead be used to end poverty, help reverse climate change, fund sustainable development goals, and support peace, education, health, and welfare. Countries spend too much on war preparations and arms races. The growing military spending makes the world an increasingly dangerous place. Most people would probably agree with this, but it has yet to become a major item of political discourse. This issue is especially relevant in a new era of great power competition and at a time when global emergencies like climate change, extreme poverty, mass migrations and terrorism are being dealt with with increasingly militarised responses. Pressure to spend more and more taxpayers' money on weapon systems and warfare is also growing. In order to gradually strengthen the global peace movement around the world, we need to challenge militarism and work more closely with each other to be effective. So the peace movement has a lot to do. We'll take a short musical break, a snippet of a song called No Nukes by Herbs.
closer than ever. It is 100 seconds to midnight. The 2020 Doomsday Clock Announcement. Humanity continues to face two immediate changes, nuclear war and climate change. The international security situation is devastating, not just because these threats exist, but because world leaders have allowed the international political infrastructure for managing them to crumble. Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. The treaty just reached 80 signatories with 33 state parties. The newest signatory is Nauru, one of our closest neighbours in the Pacific. The treaty will enter force after it acquires 50 state parties. The Victorian Labour Party recently passed a resolution supporting the banned treaty. Andrew Giles moved the resolution and called upon federal Labour to continue the ICANN progress towards the treaty and towards ridding the world of the risk of nuclear weapons and the risk of nuclear war. Victorian Labour joined Western Australia's Labour, South Australia's Labour, ACT Labour, Northern Territory Labour and Tasmanian Labour in formally supporting the treaty. Julian Assange. On Monday 10th of February, the independent member for the Australian Federal Electorate of Clark, Andrew Wilkie MP, tabled a petition in the Australian Parliament calling on the US extradition of Julian Assange to be dropped and for Assange to return to Australia. The petition has more than 290,000 signatures and is one of the largest ever tabled in the Australian Parliament. It sends a powerful message to Australian parliamentarians that a great many people from right around the world are appalled at the injustice being experienced by Mr Assange. Julian Assange, the editor and founder of WikiLeaks, is facing extradition from the UK to the USA at a trial commencing in London on Monday the 24th of February. A public rally will take place where we can call on all parties involved to end the torture of Julian Assange. Let's help bring home Melbourne's own Walkley Award-winning journalist. If he is extradited, he faces a secret military trial and a likely 175-year prison sentence, if not the death penalty. Please be on the right side of history and join us on Friday the 21st of February, 6.30pm at Victoria State Library. 
Citizen Rally is brought to you by Melbourne for WikiLeaks, proud supporter of Community Radio 3CR. If you are interested in becoming more organised to face these threats that face us, the communities of the world, consider joining 3CR as a member. You can ring the station during office hours on 03 or you can subscribe online at 3cr.org.au. That's all we have time for today. Tune in again next week for another edition of Alternative News, brought to you from the community radio station 3CR. This show is produced by the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament. Our telephone number is 0414-352-542 and our email address is peacecenter at cicd.org.au. I'm Zachary Doney. It's goodbye from us until next week. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.